This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Grounded pal. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. Welcome back, folks. Another edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com as well as LastWordOnSports.com. The show may sound a little different to you today. I am on a different mic because uh, my regular studio mic is out on hiatus. It's being used for another situation for someone else, so I may sound a little different, but that doesn't mean the show is not going to be great. I have a fantastic show with three great guests lined up for your listening pleasure. I will be joined by Michael the Messenger Hill, who is fighting this Friday night at World Series of Fighting 21. Another WSOF 21 fighter, Matt Baker, joins the show. And kicking things off will be TNA wrestler as well as Bellator 138 fighter Bobby Lashley. This guy takes on James Thompson in a rematch, and uh, I'll have him kicking off the show. But first things first, this week the UFC unveiled... Their athlete marketing and development program, um, it's groundbreaking is what they call it. It will provide athletes with programs and tools to help them maximize their careers and succeed long-term both inside and outside the octagon. UFC chairman Lorenzo Fertitta said earlier this year, we vowed to take a leadership position on key areas impacting our sport, fighter health, and fighter safety. After months' hard work and the addition of Jeff Nowitzki, we've taken the opportunity to not only launch an elite anti-doping policy, but to invest, develop, and deploy a year-round athlete marketing and development program focused on the preparation, performance, and education of our athletes. So we'll see how this goes and and what happens. They had this launch on uh, Wednesday. It was big news of the week. They had a press conference and whatnot that uh, the media were invited to and media were able to to hand out phone calls and, and talk and get questions in on this uh, situation. So we'll see how it goes. They also had the fighters out for the UFC Summit, um, giving them keys on social media, obviously this new policy and this program. So... Hopefully it goes well, and hopefully it pushes the UFC and the sport of mixed martial arts forward um, rather than staying complacent. Not a heck of a lot else going on. I'd like to thank my sponsor, as always, ProAmBelts.com. I will give you that good ditty later in the show um, about ProAmBelts, but for now, check out ProAmBelts.com and check out my first interview right after this with Bobby Lashley. Joining me now is a professional wrestler with TNA, but he also is set to take to the Bellator cage at Bellator 138 against James Thompson. Please welcome Bobby Lashley to Sucker Radio. Bobby, thanks for joining me today, man. Oh, thank you. Now, let's get right into it. At Bellator 138, as I said, you'll take on James Thompson in a rematch of your 2012 Super Fight League unanimous decision loss. What did you take away from that fight in order to prepare for this one? I know it was a few years back, but did you take anything away from that bout leading up to this one? 
Well, what I, the biggest thing that I took from it was uh, preparation. <laughs> I went into that fight with with the, with bad, not bad intentions, but it was more one of those things where if I called anyone up and said, "Hey, um, why don't you go down here and fight? We have this opponent for you. Will you take it?" Was, ah, okay, yeah, because that's what I was doing. I was I was mainly digging wrestling bookings at the time. I had a lot of things going on in my life. I was I just just became like a just a single father um, with my was my ex kind of stepping out of the picture of our kids. So I had a lot of things put on my plate at, at a short period of time. And with that being said, you know, I just kind of didn't get to train properly. And I just kind of kicked the fight because I was like, oh, this is good money. I'll do it. Okay. And I went out there and just didn't have a good fight. So um, this time I prepared, I'm ready. Um, I'm excited. A different fight. And he is a big name opponent. I mean, James Thompson has been in the game for years. So taking that fight in 2012 was a big step up in competition and something that you could have used to your advantage to bring your name up there a little more in the MMA side of things. Um, I guess possibly, yeah, because he, <laughs> he, he's had some more more not- notable fights. So, yeah, it could have been something uh, I kind of... Uh, failed an opportunity at that time, which I, I don't know. I, I watched fight over. It could have went either way. Um, I think it should have went my way, uh, just based on the damage that I, I did to him. But um, at the end of the day, they always say, don't leave it in the hands of the judges, and that's what I did, and the outcome was him getting his hand raised. So um, this time it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that at all. <laughs> With a victory next Friday, Friday night, you'll be on a three-fight winning streak under the Bellator banner. Um, six fight overall, does that streak within the promotion and, and the fact that you are on a six fight winning streak after Friday night um, justify a title shot against Vitaly Minikov? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I see what Coker and I don't think it's just just for winning fights. There's a lot of fighters out there that are still winning. I think it's it's, it's how I go about winning. I think that's going to be the most important thing. So if I go out there and just win by decision against James, I think they're going to say, oh, well, he could probably use a couple more fights. If I go out there and smoke him and just destroy him, they might say, well, Bobby's looking good because the first two fights, walk through these guys. The last guy is undefeated nine and Oaks in England, walk through him. The first guy before that, you know, he's kind of journeyman fighter, but beat him to, to smithereens. So um, with this one, if I do the right things in this fight, I think it would um, – they would want something, something bigger, bigger fight, bigger title. Um, uh, maybe look at a title shot. I don't know. Yeah, now Minik- uh, I'm open. I'm ready to fight. So. For sure. Yeah, Minikov is undefeated, as as you said. These other fighters were undefeated. However, he hasn't defended his belt since April of 2014. Do you think? Do you think that champions um, should have to be held accountable when it comes to staying active, or that belt should be put up for grabs for other fighters? I think that that's the part with the with the promoters. And my job is just to train your fight. I'm, I I don't like to get into the into the he should be doing this and he should be doing that kind of aspect of the game. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. If, for all I know, the guy could be injured. For all I know, the guy could be retired. I really don't know what's going on with him. But um, until somebody steps up and, and challenges him or, or takes that title from him, then I guess he can just sit and hold it. So I really don't know, man. Um, I think. Uh, I think he's fought most of the heavyweights in there, so I think I'm one of the only guys that he hasn't fought. So um, I don't know. I'll see what Scott says after this fight, and depending on how I do. How has it been working with Scott? I mean, he's he's taken over the promotion. He seemed to have done good things with it thus far. What's it like working under Scott Coker? 
I I like it. He he, he understands it. He gets it. It's a business. Fighting is a business. It's not, it's not a brawl. It's not a brawl anymore. It's a business. So with it being a business, um, Scott understands the business. He understands that he has all aspects of the business. We have to we have to put on a good show, which the show has been incredible. I think of late, and um, and he has to bring the right people in. He's been bringing a lot of really good guys. People are seeing the show aspect and seeing great fights at the same time. And then at the same token, Scott's one of those guys that is always there. He has his phone on, so if you really need to talk to him, if you really have some, some questions, comments, or concerns, you can always keep in contact with him. So I like work for Scott. It's cool. Now I have to ask, you've, you've had quite the professional wrestling career, built up a pretty good record in the MMA game. Do you feel that having a dual contract with TNA and Bellator has hurt your standing in either MMA or professional wrestling? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's more hurting me in, in professional wrestling more than fighting. <laughs> and that's the crazy part. You know, I think uh, I got lost in title right after I won a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, have no, I have no clue. Um, I love both of them, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I, if I can do it both, I can do it both. I think if either one of them had a problem with me doing the other one, they would have that... That, that that talk with me, detalk, where they sat down and said, hey, things aren't working the way that it should, so let's, um, let's make a decision. And and no one's really had that talk with me yet, so I'm going to continue doing both. Do you find yourself more recognizable as one other over the other? No, no it's, it's, crazy, it's crazy because I, I feel that you're, I get noticed for things that I, I wouldn't even expect to get noticed from. Um, like the other day, I was I was at my kid. My kid just started um, baseball, so we're over there with one of the dads. He was, oh man, you're 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 the fighter, and I was like, okay, we're in fight mode, so let's talk about fighting. He goes, he goes, man, I watched that one fight with you and you and that one guy, that one guy, and I was like, Bob Sapp. <laughs> he said, oh man, I can't believe you beat Bob Sapp, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you just never know where people are going to see you from or where they're going to recognize you from. Because like I said, I'll, I'll see somebody in the airport, they're like, oh my God, Bobby Lashley, boom. I'm taking a picture with him, and, and I, I don't even start the conversation because I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know if he's going to talk about the Great American Bash when I wrestled John Cena, uh, WrestleMania where I shaved Donald, where I shaved Vince McMahon's head, <laughs> um, a fight with Bob Sapp, fighting on Strikeforce. Uh, I, I have no idea where they're going to go, so I just kind of stay back a little bit and let them kind of run with the conversation, and I just follow. If you could go back in time, I know you started both of your careers sort of later in life. Would you choose one over the other? Uh, nope. Not at all. Um, because if I say that I would go professional wrestling, then I had this burning desire to compete and, and fight. And if I say fighting, I would, I would, I would that erase a huge part of the reason why I'm making bigger money now in fighting. So... Um, nope, I think both of them would probably be still on the on the menu. Great answer. Now, you, I, I know you own your own American Top Team gym in uh, Colorado, but spend the end of your camps in Florida at the head, T, head ATT camp. Um, do you think that this gives you the edge against any heavyweight on the Bellator roster because ATT does have some beasts? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, is, it, it just depends on what you take with your training. Like for me, I like to I like to go. I'm not I'm not that typical heavyweight. Um, I like to go. I like to put in some extra time. Like 
I, I feel like I'm a lightweight and heavyweight body. So when I go down to ACT, I get those big guys where you get the big foot, you get Sean Turner was down there for a while, Deuce Gardner, some of these big guys that can move around well. I like training with those guys. But then, you know, when I stay up here, I got Alex Huddleston. I got I got a lot of different heavyweights on a lot of different. And I like working with the smaller guys, too, because the smaller guys, when I strike with the smaller guys, man, they can move. So when I go and fight the heavyweights, it just seems like they're throwing punches in slow motion. So, I mean, I get a little bit of everything here. How does it affect you being active with TNA and Bellator, being that you are the owner and head strength and conditioning coach at that gym? Uh, well, I've kind of moved away from that a little bit. I, I, I take more of a role of, of a trainee than a trainer. Um, one of my trainers, Alex Huddleston, that fights in Bellator also, he does a lot of the major work at ATT. So I'm able to step back a little bit and let him do most of the work. And, and, and it's easier that way. How uh, Are there any fighters at your gym in Colorado that we should keep an eye out for that we may not know the names of right now that, that are on the up-and-coming? Alex Huddleston, he's fighting the week after me, and he's tough. He's tough. He's a heavyweight, 6'7", 260 pounds, uh, and he's solid brown belt jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's undefeated as an amateur. Now he's 5-1. He had a little bit at the beginning of his fight career, but, man, he is Just two more questions for you here before I let you go. What are your long-term goals within the sport of MMA? Like, basically, what is your end game? Well, I'd like to. I'd like to win uh, win the title in Bellator. I mean, that's what I'm here for. Find a longer contract with him. So, I'd like to. um, I'd like to win that title. I mean, I think the title is wide open for any heavyweight that really wants to step up, and I'm ready to step up. And man, I've been putting in the time. And I put in the dedication. I'm dedicated to it right now more than I have been before. So these next couple fights are extremely important for me, but I'd like to see myself um, winning that title. Finally, being that you did make the transition from pro wrestling to MMA, if you could choose any wrestler from past or present that you think would make a champion in the mixed martial arts game, who would it be and why? Um, I think Curtin the younger days. Um, just because he had the wrestling background, Kurt used to be a beast, man. Kurt was just a machine early, early on in his days. And I think if he had an opportunity to get an MMA at that time, he would have really put... I mean, look how Cormier is doing. And you got to take Kurt is, is, is a Cormier that, that won, a, won an Olympic title. So if Kurt would have did it in his earlier days, he would have been a force to reckon with. And I don't think too many people would have been able to stop him. He is Bobby Lashley. He will take on James Thompson in a long-awaited rematch at Bellator 138 on June 19th. Bobby, man, it's been a pleasure. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you'd like to give shout-outs to. Um, well, well, I'm always on um, on Instagram under Bobby Lashley, uh, Twitter under Fight Bobby, and then uh, my sponsor I'd like to give a shout-out to is Nutriballas. Nutriballas held it down for me. I mean, I think it's a great supplement company, and, and that's what really helped me through my training. Future Legend, they're, they're an amazing group also. And, and, um, and just, my, um, just, just uh, my, my, my management team, my great management. I mean, they've, they've been behind me the entire time. So. Nutribolics, those guys are my boys from up here in Vancouver, Canada, man. Uh, I've, known, I've known Jason Weiner, who's the guy behind Nutribolics, since the day that company started. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love those guys. I love the product. Thanks, Bobby. Good luck on the 19th, man. Thank you.
I am here with a man who will be fighting at World Series of Fighting 21 this Friday night. Please welcome the riot maker, Matt Baker to Sucker Radio. Matt, thanks for joining me today, man. How's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? I mean, it is fight week. Uh, what's it like for a guy um, in your shoes leading up to a big fight on Friday night? Actually, I'm just uh, getting all my food ready for after the weigh-in, so I'm in Costco. It's probably the worst place ever to be while cutting weight, especially with free food. But uh, we fly out tomorrow in the morning to Edmonton and then uh, start the weight cut process. What's the what's what's the post weigh in meal for you? Uh, me, it's always got to be pasta, a bit like, with uh, with a red sauce. Nice and like microwavable, or you make it yourself in the hotel room. I I uh, get my uh, fiance; she makes me my own, so it's all it's all like veggies from our garden and stuff too, and organic. And I don't do the microwave food before or after a fight anytime. Try to keep it all natural and as possible. Now take us back. Um, this is your first time on the podcast. Um, there may be some people out there don't know who Matt Baker is. Take us back. Just let people know how you got into the sport of mixed martial arts. What made you get into it? Why you got into it and all those things. Um, I used to kickbox when I was younger and, uh, won a couple of championships there. And then, uh, some friends talked me into a King of the Cage fight. Like, just I think just not taking it seriously and once I went in you know I don't think I took the sport seriously until uh I got subbed from a, a guy that knew jiu-jitsu and I didn't want to learn any of it because back when I started doing jiu-jitsu everybody was in umbro shorts and just chest hair and sweat hanging out there wasn't cool rash guards back then so I had no interest in Brazilian jiu-jitsu until I got subbed from it and Clay Davidson and you know I the guy didn't even land a punch and he subbed me so then I after that and how I lost and I got hooked next thing you know I was in Brazil and training and just addicted to the sport now you you haven't uh you've only had one two fight losing streak I don't want to get on any negatives here or anything like that but you've built some big winning streaks um what what's it feel like to be on a big win streak and then get knocked off that pedestal well me, my record is like, there's, there's lots of fighters that, uh, out there they'll say they'll fight anybody. I think they're, they're kind of lying. You know, I, I fought, uh, Tim Hag on short notice. You know, I went up two weight classes to heavyweight. He cut to make 265 just because, you know, if we didn't do it, then I didn't have a fight and there would be no money that night. Um, and then, you know, last fight too, Errol Gondula, like, I don't know how that guy made 205. It's probably 250 pounds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't care. I'm, just, I'm there to scrap a guy my size or twice as big as long as I get a payday, right? I'm definitely not out there to pad my record. I don't think I'm going to become better or known for that. And I think that's why World Series loves me because all my fights, win or lose, are definitely exciting. Do you do you feel like you have grown that much more? I know seeing you personally, I've seen you fight a couple times now, um, live and in person. And since then, I, I I think I watched you for the first time early on in your career. And you have grown quite a bit, even just over the past couple of years. Would you agree? Oh, huge. Just uh, Viviano Fernandez is my mentor, and he's just such a spiritual guy. And, you know, now, especially being a father, like I haven't, I you know my two fights go with a no contest, but I haven't lost since I've, I've had my daughter. It just kind of gives you a new focus on why you're doing it in training and not to get injured in there, right? So 
adds a little bit of fuel to your fire when you're training. How how has that been being fatherhood? By the way, congratulations. Um, what's it been like transitioning with training, working, and and being a father? How, has that changed things up a little bit? Oh, huge! It's it's the hardest but most rewarding thing I've ever done. You know, it's uh, definitely harder than getting inside a cage with a heavyweight. <laughs> <That's> for sure. <laughs> now, I I just said you 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 juggle work as well. Yeah, last week we were going to get you on the show, but something came up on the job. Now, how tough is it to be considered a full-time fighter um, when still working a day job? Um, I bet you probably three-quarters of the other fighters that are out there don't have grease stuck underneath their nails, right? They're doing it full-time, but it's kind of hard when you got uh, a baby. I'm doing 12-hour shifts, no riding out of the mill, and then... Uh, Finding the gym after that, trying to train myself, and then being up at night with baby is just, it's definitely hard. So I'm looking for to slow it down and not fight five times a year like I did last year and maybe just have two or three big fights a year instead so I can uh, better focus on them and also focus on work and being a dad at the same time. Do you think that, that had that fight a couple fights ago not been a no contest – a three-fight winning streak would have given you a bigger fight than this one against Marcus Hicks at WSOF 21? Yeah, um, definitely on that. But uh, Darren's so awesome that he said if I could get that changed from a no contest, that those guys would even pay me. So the, the truth is there's no there is no instant replay in, in MMA. Our heads did collapse, but if they're going to uh, you know dissect it, they got to see that I hit him in the body before he collapsed. And also, too, the, the referee can't look up at the instant replay and, and change his mind. Inside the ring, even, he said, I got it, but watch out for late kicks. You know, they asked the timekeeper the time, and then other people made him change his mind. It's, it was kind of really fishy thing going on in Edmonton there. And I asked that because you said you wanted to start taking bigger fights. So I'm wondering if you thought yeah. that, that being on a three-fight oh. winning streak, it would have been a bigger fight. Uh, for sure, but you know what? I think Marcus. A lot of people don't take him seriously, but you know, I definitely am because he's on. He's won five of his last six fights, and uh, he's developed a good, good little team around him too. And I think he's taking it seriously. Like anybody can change a record around. Um, I'll still say now, the, the guy that passed away, Brandon MacArthur, is one of the, the toughest guys I I fought. Even though Marcus beat him too, but. I've just laid into a guy, had him bleeding for, you know, two rounds and have him keep going, but his record didn't show. And I think Marcus is kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Marcus's record, definitely. A, a lot of people might look at it and think, oh man, they're giving Matt Baker someone that, that, that's going to put him back onto the winning streak. And, uh, Marcus has taken some fights that he shouldn't have taken early in his career. As you said, he has turned things around, um, so yeah, he has been taking things a little more seriously. This isn't someone, obviously, that you're overlooking by any means. No, it's uh, I've actually been training harder for it because, you know, he he's on a two, he's on a win streak with World Series, so I need that. And then, uh, but also, it's an even worse loss, right? So it's a good yeah. win, but a, a, a even worse loss as records go on paper, but. Now, as you said, you fought Ariel Gandula in your last fight, Battlefield Fight League 35. Got the big TKO knockout in the in the second round. Absolutely floored the guy. But you guys were swinging for the fences right from the opening bell. Did he clock you with uh, some stuff that you weren't really expecting? 
Um, I think what I didn't expect is that he could, he took everything I gave him. I, uh, I really, uh, laid into that guy hard and he just kept coming. So that's why we, we kind of rope a doped him a little bit and, and just waited until he got in, into the second round. I just reserved for the last 30 seconds there. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. That guy, he, he, he took a lot and he kept coming forward. He was throwing heavy as well. You're a guy that doesn't really like to get out of the first round. You're, you're one that either gets it done in the first round or, or you know what I mean? That's the kind of guy that you are. And, I don't know whether you guys both blew your load in the first round, but the second round you guys were still swinging hard, but there was serious gasp that had been blown. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, big time. And uh, that's why I reserved it for last, you know, a couple seconds in the first. And then uh, we just watched how he, he stumbled to his corner and got slow up off his off his bench, bench right? That's uh, that's when Vidiano said, go, 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 he's tired. So. <laughs> now, you were expected to have a fight between that bout and this WSOF 21 bout. Would you say it's sort of a blessing in disguise that that fight didn't actually come to fruition? Uh, well, Darren, man, he's the best boss to work for. He's like, if you're out of contract and, you know what I mean, and you, there's a fight and it doesn't affect him. Like he, I always, he let me fight. Uh, he was actually let me fight both, but I ended up getting concussed. Um, I think I took a lot of head damage too from Hag, and then uh, also just Gondulas. Man, that guy does not hit soft. So then uh, I ended up getting a car accident too and hitting a deer. So I had just a concussion from training and some uh, post concussion symptoms. So that's why I pulled out of the five star boat. But. Yeah, maybe it is a blessing because World Series pays more and it's a, it's a bigger stage. Shit, you hit a deer, eh? Hit three. Oh, all all at once? Like, explain that story to me. Uh, just uh, driving to work, five in the morning, and I heard a deer jumped out. Oh my and, uh, goodness, that must have been scary as shit. Yeah, so, bonked my head a little bit, but I was good, and so, uh... I had to work training on that for a couple months, but now I'm definitely ready for this fight. How how long did you stay out of action because of that? I mean, like, were you able to get back in the gym and hit pads or anything, or, or were you out for oh, quite a while? It just the reason why I pulled out a five star fight is just because I, I I usually sparring you know hard at least twice a week, and uh, just not being able to fully spar, I just felt like I wouldn't be as ready, right? So now, and then save it, save it for world series coming up where I can train a hundred percent and go in there with my, my best possible me. Now this world series of fighting event on Friday night is not a WSOF Canada event. It's the big world series of fighting. Do you think that that puts a, a little more pressure on your shoulders to be in front of the bigger crowd? Um, I'm not one to feel pressure or, or, uh, or, or, or nerves so much, but uh, every time I'm in there, that I just want to uh, put on the, the best show. I think the only thing I got to worry about is I just try to kill the guy, and that's always <laughs> been my downfall. I've been trying to work on that for years. It just it's built into me. I think from years of football. <laughs> What's the talk with with World Series? Yeah, you, you are under contract with them. Is it just the WSOF Canada thing, or are you under contract to World Series of Fighting? Uh. On on this one, I think it's going to be my, my last one on contract. So I got to, if I want to get re-signed or do a serious contract with World Series as a as a whole, then I definitely got to pull off a good win, right? And then uh, after that, then I know I'll be can get a better fight. 
Is that the plan? My only concern, my, yeah, my only concern about Edmonton is, is uh, the judges and refs. For sure. Would you, uh, would you like to fight outside of Canada? Oh, for sure. I fought in Brazil. Yeah. But uh, um, I'm not sure if uh, I'd do that again, though, because it was pretty, <laughs> it's pretty scary. Really? Yeah. Brazil, not- Brazil's commission just does what they want. Oh, the, so the fight itself was scary. Even coming down to 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 the fight itself, inside the cage or inside the ring, it, it was a scary situation oh, just, with the just, commission and stuff. Just the, just the, the commission and how they do medicals. You didn't need medicals, and man, um, put you through the craziest physical before a fight, but they didn't need to see your medical papers. Interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> so explain to me how you see this fight playing out. You against Marcus Hicks. Um, I'm sure you expect a knockout, but but what do you see from him, and and what is your expectation for Friday night inside the WSOF cage? Um, you know he he always comes forward, and he's obviously working on his wrestling and his uh, and his ground game, which plays just just right into me. Everybody knows I'm a striker and would like to go for the knockout, but I'm obviously a wrestler and uh, like going for dirty beatdowns like that as as well. So. We can really grind it out together. My my only thing is if I can keep composure, then I know I'm going to win. For sure. Now, you said you'd like to take three big fights in a year. This will be your uh, third fight of 2015. I'm guessing you'd like at least one more this year if it's a big fight. Yeah, and take a, and then concentrate on a big fight more and get more time to train rather than taking, you know, five. For sure. So gives me more time to focus on that fight and be a family and the guys so, as well. Your goal is to be a full-time fighter. You move away from that day job thing or, or are you fine and content with doing both? Uh, until I, until I see a couple extra zeros on my pay, then I think I'm always <laughs> going to be a, a mill rate for right now because, uh, I got my, my daughter I always think of, but you know, anything can help. You're only as good as your last three fights. So if I get three good wins and three good finishes, you know what, it's easy as that to get an extra zero and end your paycheck in a big fight. He is Matt, the riot maker Baker. He'll take on Marcus Hicks this Friday night, June 5th, on World Series of Fighting 21 in Edmonton, Alberta. Matt, thanks a lot for joining me today, man. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and anything else you got going on that you want to give shout-outs to. Uh, my Twitter is RiotMakerMMA, and... Uh, that's that's all I got. I do have a Facebook page too for Matt the Ride Maker Baker, but uh, yeah, I, I'm always good on mentioning people too and hooking them up with deals on tickets. You know, if they they, they always come support. You know, fans always message me all the time and want to get some good seats. So I do make a percentage on tickets I sell. But usually, if those people message me, man, and they show that they're a, a true fan, then I just give them them at my cost. So I'm all about that shit. Oh, sorry for No, no worries. You can swear all you want, buddy. <laughs> Good luck on Friday night. Can't wait to see you get back in there, man. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. This man is set to take on Mark Drummond at World Series of Fighting 21 this Friday night in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. He was a mainstay on Sucker Radio back in the day on his time on The Ultimate Fighter. He is Michael the Messenger Hill. Mike, thanks for joining me today, man. Sucker Radio, what's up? What's up, Jer? Not much, man. Uh, you know, just been busy, busy as ever. I know you 
are trying to stay as busy as you can as well, trying to get fights here and there. You got this one at World Series of Fighting. How have things been? Things are good, man. Yeah, you know, I just want to stay busy. I mean, that year year layoff before the Bristol fight was, was brutal. So, um, you know, I'm just fighting uh, fighting any chance I can get, man. So I, I scooped this one up, and it's, uh, it's a great fight for me. I ended up getting on the main card here at World Series of Fighting, and got in here this morning, just finished all the media stuff with the guys, and, uh, yeah, just... Got into my hotel room right now, chilling out before I cut some weight. Talking about World Series of Fighting, how um, how much of a difference is that from you? You fought for the UFC in the past. You you had the Ultimate Fighter thing, um, media wise, and all that kind of stuff leading up to Fight Week. How big a difference is it between the two promotions? <clears throat> well, you know what? I never actually fought for the UFC on on a card. I just fought on the on the show, right? So. Um, you know, the media on the show was pretty hectic. I mean, there's cameras in your face, you know, 24-7 and, you know, all the commercials they did and, um, you know, pictures for the website or for advertisement. It, it, it was all a cool experience, but, um, you know, I haven't been backstage at a, at a USC yet or been, been to a fight week for a USC. So, um, you know, these World Series cards, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, um, you know, doing the media thing, doing the video thing, doing the open workout. Um, it, it, it's well, man. World Series treats me well. For sure. Now, you, since your time on The Ultimate Fighter, you've had quite a few fights uh, post-Ultimate Fighter, and you've also changed training camps. When you were on the show, you were up in Kelowna with Toshido. You're now with Adam Ryan's MMA in Richmond, British Columbia. Um, explain the process and, and the change to come down to the lower mainland. Well, you know, when I uh, I went away there to go travel and, and went out to Colorado and I went out to go help Cowboy Cerrone out in Albuquerque, and I actually got a, a phone call um, in Albuquerque, um, you know, about my grandpa all of a sudden uh, having a brain tumor. And, um, you know, that freaked me right out. And the doctor said it was going to be okay and the surgery went well and then, you know, the test didn't come back for another week and, and it ended up being the worst possible brain cancer that um, you could have. So I'm, I forget what it's called, um, the scientific name for it, but, yeah. you know, so I was out there in Albuquerque and even though my grandpa and my family told me to stay strong and stay focused and, and um, you know, do my thing, I just wasn't, I wasn't focused out there, man. I was, you know, losing sleep. I was, you know, wasn't eating. I started, you know, feeling little aches and pains in, in training. And I just knew that um, I had to be back home. So um, right away I went to Kelowna and I, and I sat down with David and, you know, I told him what was up. And, uh, you know, we both agreed that um, I had to take some time away from Toshido and just be with my family and uh on the mainland so you know he he told me to um be with adam ryan and ryan's mma and they got a great team and he's a great coach and um you know coming you know from david lee you got to respect that so uh that's what i did man i moved back down to the lower mainland i went through a fight camp you know right beside my grandpa every day um, battling cancer and the you know, doctors gave him about two years to live and you know, only ended up being about four months so 
Uh, you know, we lost we lost him just before Christmas there, and then uh, I just made the full commitment to to Vancouver. Um, you know, it's where I grew up, man. I grew up on the coast. You know, I was born and raised in Powell River, British Columbia. My mom moved to Vancouver when I was in grade seven. I did high school in Vancouver um, in Delta from you know grade eight to grade eleven, and uh, all my all my friends and you know my graduated buddies and um, you know everyone's on the coast and you know, I just missed missed that ocean breeze, <laughs> so I decided to uh, stay put, bro. Now I know we spoke during the whole time that you were down in the Lower Mainland with your grandpa. I I expressed my my sincere sympathies towards you, and, and I'm doing that again now. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, it, it was obviously rough on you. You didn't want anyone to really know that you were back in town. You didn't want to know that you had left Colorado and Albuquerque and whatnot. But how much did that weigh on you mentally, and how much has that prepared you for your future MMA bouts? Um, yeah, it, it, it was tough, but at the same time, you know, I, I actually, it's funny, um, you know, I actually went and seen a sports therapist or, uh, you know, after someone I could talk to just to, just to figure out if, you know, it was going to trouble, trouble me in the future or, you know, mess with my mental game. And, you know, I, I talked to him about my whole upbringing in life and, and uh, everything I've been through and, you know, all the ups and downs from, you know, from everything, man. And he just looked at me and he's like, you know what, you're you're already over this. He's like, you're a fighter. He's like, wow. He's like, this made you stronger. He's like, your, your grandpa's going to be on your shoulder now. And, you know, you, you're a fighter. That's what you do. That's what, you, that's what you're bred. Uh, that's what you're born to do. Um you know, and she's like, just keep going. And I was like, what? Really? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just keep going, man. He's like, I can tell, you know, your body language, the way you talk about it, the way you talk about, you know, your family and your friends and, you know, what you want to do and, uh, you know, your future goals and your career goals, um, small and big. He's like, just keep going, kid. And I was like, all right, man. So I just, you know, I just, uh, put my chin down, put my hands up, and trained even harder. For sure. And over your last five fights, you, you haven't had a, sort of a give-me fight. All your fights have been big-name opponents, and this one at WSOF 21 is no different against Mark Drummond. This guy holds a very similar record to you. You're 7-3, and three, he's 7-2. and two. What do you know about Mark Drummond? Uh, I don't know much about him at all. I mean, I've been asked that question, um, you know, leading up to this fight and and honestly i i really i i, I trust in my camp man adam adam ryan as my coach he he watches all the footage he puts together the game plan um you know he talks to my my training partners and he puts me through the the mental um side of it in my camp that gets me prepared for mark drummond so um you know i know my teammates are you know are training like mark drummond or or even and you know and even better than mark drummond um, and you know, I know Adam's game plan is to beat Mark Drummond. He watches all the videos. He he writes down all the notes. Um, so what I do, man, I you know I, I'm just tough. I'm game. I come in there and I just improve every day in the gym and in in all aspects of martial arts. And uh, you know, come fight night, I just showcase my my new skill set. And um, 
you know, go in there and, and hopefully, you know, get my hand raised at the end of the night and uh, just fight my fight, man. Do you feel you've grown that much more since training under Adam Ryan? I mean, we saw you against Bristol Morunde. That's that's a big fight, and it went to the decision. Um, you showcased some new skills in that bout. Do you feel like you've grown that much more? Um, yeah, I, I, for sure. I'm growing every day. I, um, you know, even right now, I'm, I'm so excited to, you know, just get in there again right away. You know, that year layoff, it was after the first round with Bristol was like, you know, this is, wow, this is a little different. You know what I mean? And then right when I got, right when he hit me with a good one, it was like, it knocked all that out, all that rust out of me. And, uh, <laughs> that fight was a little weird. I mean, in my head, I thought it was, you know, five rounds for some reason, main event. I, there's my, my stupidity. Um, you know, I, I, I was waiting for Bristol to tire out, kind of, you know, doing the wrestling and trying to wear him down against the cage. Um, and, you know, I dropped for submission a couple of times when I had him rocked a, co- uh, a couple of times and I should have, you know, I should have went to my game. I should have went for the kill, but, you know, I slipped for a couple of submissions and I ended up on my back and he ended up in the scramble and, you know, he ended up recovering. So, you know, after that, you know, I was like, what are you doing dropping for a submission? You know, you just never drop for a submission again. Uh, you know, you finish a fight. That's what, that's what we do. I said, okay, okay, coach, you know, sorry, you know. <laughs> um, hey, but that's the thing, you know, I can't let, I can't let the keyboard warriors, I can't let other fighters get to me about, you know, the submission part of my game. You know, it's, I know, I know I'm a fighter. I know I train my jiu-jitsu. Um, and, and if that submission comes one day, then it comes. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, I, if you, if you look at my record and you look who I've been up against, jujitsu guys, they're all, they're all top level jujitsu yeah. guys. None yeah. of them can finish me. You know, uh, Ryan Ford, you know, my hand got caught in his shorts when I was trying to escape in that last 30 seconds and ended up putting the guilty. I mean, if you look at pictures, my hands, my arm is completely around my whole back. And, uh, you know, it was a mess up by me again, but, you know, the same thing. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't tap me out. I mean, even something like, for instance, I trained with Micah Brakefield, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago and he's super good on the ground. And, uh, you know, me and him were rolling and training together. And, you know, at the end he comes up to me and he shakes my hand and he's like, wow, dude, he's like, your jiu-jitsu games, you know, on point. Like, you know, I've heard this about you, I've heard that about you, but you know, you're, you're a great dude and a great training partner. Like, you know, we should train more together. I said, of course, Micah. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I'm always working on my jiu-jitsu games. Like, yeah, damn, dude. So, you know, to hear something like that from, you know, a great athlete like Micah, who's, you know, wrapping up dudes all the yeah. time, it's, it's a positive thing too, right? So, if that submission comes one day, it's going to come. But, uh, but now I got to get back to me, and I got to get back um, on the winning on the winning side of things, and and keep knocking people out, man. Well, despite that last loss, if if you win against Drummond here at World Series of Fighting twenty one, you will be th- on a three fight winning streak within that promotion. Uh, what would you expect next? Um, I, I just want to keep fighting, uh, you know, whoever, wherever, whenever. Um, that's my motto right now. It's my motto this year. Um. You know, I, I'm in Vancouver now, so I'm, you know, British Columbia. That's that's my home. Uh, I know I know Battlefield just crowned a new champ. 
in Ash. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not tied down to any promotion. Um, so, you know, I'll, it, people are calling him the best in, in BC. Um, but you know, I, I'm in BC right now too. So if he's the best in BC, um, then, you know, then Battlefield better sign that fight and make it happen. <laughs> not to fight the fans want to see. It's a fight, you know, everybody wants to see. And, uh, I, I don't like, you know, someone else being called the best one when I'm in, well, I'm in his hometown too, so. That's something I wanted to ask you because that rumor was floating around uh, outside the battlefield cage last Saturday night that that you were in the audience once Ash was crowned in there. I guess it didn't matter who was crowned, but you were going to rush the cage. Where where did that rumor come from? And and do you think that if you had gone in the cage that, that something would have happened? Like, do you think that would put the pressure on, on Jay Golshani to, to book that fight? Or do you think that you need one fight inside their cage before, or a win inside their cage before they give you the title? Well, that's the thing. Um, well, first off, I'm, um, you know, I, I said something back when, when that was, um, posted, but I didn't have a fight coming up at that time. I didn't have a fight scheduled. So, you know, I don't know how, you know, obviously seeing me cage side there, um, you know, something's going to start floating around. But, um, you know, when I had my fight booked and that was, you know, four or five weeks ago, um, you know, Dan's my striking coach now. And, you know, he's a t- he's he's one of my teammates. I'm the guy he sparred at, uh, you know, every other day to get ready for Ash. There is never any chance of me jumping in my cage that night. That was Dan's and Ash's night. Yeah. Um, I'm not that kind of guy. Win or lose, whichever guy won that belt. Um, number one, if Dan, uh, you know, won that belt, I, I wouldn't be fighting in Battlefield. I wouldn't be coming after that belt. Um, the only way I go, go go for the belt is with Ash. Now, prior to me moving to Vancouver, I messaged Jay and I, I asked him, "Hey, you know, I'm in Vancouver now. Would love to fight for you guys again. Um, you know, what are my options?" Um, you know, and he said you know, Dan, and then ask for the belt. And I said, well, that's not going to work because, you know, Dan, uh, Dan's uh, taking over, you know, he's my striking coach, and, you know, to ask it's that belt shot, I want I want that belt shot. And uh, so then, you know, I think right before Ask fought Micah, Ask went online and said, you know, i got to fight at 185 because no 170 pounder wants to fight me for the belt. So I had messaged Ask personally, just being like, yo, dude, I, you know, you should probably watch what you say, bro. Like, you know, I asked Jay, his, his message is right here, man. And, uh, you know, Ash, Ash asked me, you know, okay, well, let's do it. And then, you know, that was the last thing, you know, Dan and Ash got signed, um, to that fight. So, you know, that, that, that was their thing. And I've told Dan, you know, you guys are one-on-one now. If that's, uh, if a rematch is going to happen, then that's your thing. But, uh, you know, do I need one more fight to fight in Battlefield? I, I don't, I don't think so, man. Um, you know, when when I first started out, I fought for Battlefield, yeah, and same kind of thing, man. I asked for their top guys. I, you know, Jason Brooks had that belt. I climbed my way up and I fought anybody that Jay put in front of me. Um, you know, with with one fight under my belt, I was fighting guys six and six, six and one, um, you know, nine and four, or whatever. And, you know, I did anything Jay asked me to do. And um, if Jay remembers, I probably sold, you know, the most tickets in both those, in in that show in Nanaimo and in in Vancouver. Um, 
You know what I mean? So for Jay to tell me that I'm not popular enough to fight for the belt or I'm not popular enough in Vancouver or British Columbia for a belt shot yet, that's that's bullshit, man. Um, you know, I, I got a resume bigger than Ash and Danny combined. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if right now I got a fight to worry about, um, but, you know, like I said, if, if I do come out with a victory, then, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming for that belt and, uh, you know, whether Ash fights someone else first and then, you know, loses it or whatever, but I'm there for that belt, man. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big name in Vancouver, I'm a big name in BC and, you know, I'm a great role model and I'm working my ass off every day. So if Ash wants to test himself against the best and he wants to call himself the best, then you know, he's got to fight the best and, you know, rematching these dudes or, you know, fighting guys in Vancouver over and over and over again, you know, it's, that, that's not the best, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm, I'm right here, man. I'm, I'm waiting for it, so. I, I like that that's what you're going to be gunning for following this fight because it shows that you have that determination to get out of this fight and push for something even bigger. Yeah, and you know, same, same with you know any organization. Like I said, you know, if someone wants you know to scrap or someone needs me to scrap, I, I, I'm always ready to fight. You know, that's what we do at Ryan Dunn's main man. There's a group of dudes there that are, train every day. Um, you know, live and breathe the sport. And, and, you know, you got Brandon Kohlenberger, Arjun Bular, um, you know, Cole Miller, who just stepped up two weight classes, you know, Tristan Conley, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a great group of guys coming along. And like, you, we got some other guys that are starting to hang around us, you know, like Dan and David Perron, and, you know, even Micah stops in sometimes. One guy that you oh, didn't mention there, let's talk about on the last battlefield card, Achilles Estra Madura making his pro debut. Oh, how right. about, yeah, how about that knockout? For sure. Yeah, that was crazy, man. You know, that, that kid's full of potential, and I, I can't wait to see where his career takes him. Yeah, his striking is on point. We've seen him get numerous highlight reel knockouts inside the battlefield cage. I, it's hard to believe that that was his first pro fight, and uh, yeah, the future is only, only up for that kid. Yeah, like I said, man, we got some we got some killers in the making, and you know we got some guys that are, are ready to make their name in, in bright lights in, in the next you know couple months or, or year for sure. You'll see some studs coming out of Ryan's MMA, that's for sure. Well, Mike, I wish you all the best uh, Friday night World Series of Fighting twenty one against Mark Drummond. Uh, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Any sponsors you want to give shout outs to? The floor is yours, buddy. Um, yeah, well, you know, social media, I mean, just Michael Hill on Facebook, and you, I'm sure you can find me, uh, on Twitter and Instagram is at MMA Mike. Um, and I just want to, you know, thank, you know, everybody that's part of my team and, and part of my ups and downs, um, you know, through, through it all. Uh, they know who they are. I mean, there's so many, you know, to name that, you know, the list goes on and, Sometimes I forget people, and <laughs> you know I, I got a little bit of beef with some people for that. So you know who you are, uh, you know friends, family, fans, um, and like I said, all my supporters. And um, yeah, man, I'm mean, sucker for sure. <laughs> Mike, all the best, man. Ho- hopefully you get the W on Friday night, and uh, hopefully we see you inside that battlefield cage. <laughs> I hope. I hope so, man. It'll be a good one for sure. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, Jack.
There you have it, folks. Three fantastic guests. I would like to thank Bobby Lashley, Matt Baker, and Michael the Messenger Hill for joining Sucker Radio this week. As you can hear it on Sucker Radio on MMASucker.com and LastWordOnSports.com. Make sure you check them out. They are not only mixed martial arts, that is their big side of things right now, but they are also all other sports, NHL, NFL, what have it. They have it all at LastWordOnSports.com. So thank you to them for airing our show each and every Thursday over at LastWordOnSports.com. Make sure you check out MMASucka.com because we have some great articles up this week. You know, Trevor Duick is back saying that we need more Carlos Condit. Why? Because this last weekend at UFC Fight Night, Carlos Condit had his way with Tiago Alves. What a performance. The natural-born killer is back. He busted up Tiago Alves' nose and made this guy look like a Vulcan from Star Trek. The nose was up in the forehead. He had a big bulge on his head. It was absolutely ridiculous. Condit calling for the winner of Rory McDonald and uh, Robbie Lawler for the title. Don't think that'll happen. But uh, if Rory McDonald happens to lose that fight, then that fight makes sense because these guys have a rematch in the making and it wouldn't make sense any more than it does right now. So that was a big fight this weekend. You know, it's always fight week for the UFC from the seams of it. UFC Fight Night 67 goes down. It's a big fight card. It's sort of fun. Dan Henderson takes on Tim Bosch in the main event. Um, two guys that have big knockout power. Very excited for this fight. Very excited for this card. So check it out on Saturday. As I said, WSOF 21 goes down this Friday night. Make sure you keep up with all the action over at MMASucka.com. Also check out, you know, Justin Pirro has a show over at MMASucka.com. It's called Eye of the Storm, the MMA podcast. He's got some great guests that come on. This past week he had a guy from um, Severe MMA on the show from back overseas. And uh, I believe this upcoming week he's going to have Jonathan Snowden. So look forward to that on Monday. I have the Storm podcast over at MMASucker.com. And on each and every Sunday, Ultimate Fighting Weekly goes down with Chris Toplak. So check that show out as well. Make sure you follow MMA Sucker on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Like MMA Sucker on Facebook, obviously. Facebook.com slash MMA Sucker. And to my sponsor. ProAmBelts.com. These guys will hook you up with the belts. You know, guys walk around the bars these days with big, fancy championship belts. Yes, that's right. You can get one of your own. Bring it to bed. Do what you want. Your girl might like you rocking her world with a championship belt on. <laughs> you never know. Anyways, check out ProAmBelts.com. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Sucker Radio. With that, I am out. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Rock and Jeremy Brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. 
It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.